Welcome to the Woven Well podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Estes. I'm a certified fertility care practitioner with a master divinity degree. Each episode will cover a topic that helps educate and empower you on your fertility while honoring the deep connection your fertility has with your faith. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Woven Well podcast. Today is going to be a really great episode because we have Dr. Nicholas Kangasa, also known as Dr. K, with us today. And I have really long respected Dr. K for his restorative health approach, both to endometriosis and reproductive health overall, and have even had the privilege of working with him as he gets health education out to teens across the country. So he serves as the reproductive surgeon at the Center for Restorative Reproductive Surgery, as well as the chief medical officer for reproductive health medicine and gynecology out of Atlanta, Georgia. So Dr. K, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Caitlin, for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. Well, we're certainly happy about it. I already mentioned that you work with both endometriosis and gynecology, but your approach to both may be a little different than the mainstream. So would you tell us just a little bit about why you refer to your work as a restorative approach to both? Yeah, um, I think that the main thing is a lot of physicians, when 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 we are dealing with women health, um, the approach that was that is being done is not restorative. Yep, I think like for example, you know, in gynecology, if you if you speak to many many gynecologists, you know, they will agree um at a point that most of gynecological issue like um, irregular bleeding, acne, um no no period, you know, all that has to do with a dysfunction in a woman's ovulation. And that's why you have the symptoms, right? Now, here's where we um we kind of disagree, um, where you know most uh, most GYN take the suppressive approach, it's kind, of, kind of saying that yeah, we we know that there's an issue with ovulation, but rather than finding out what that is, we now have this pill, this injection, this um, implant, the, the the IUD, for example, you know that will suppress your ovulation. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, we know that it's problem ovulation, but rather than finding out what is wrong with the ovulation, let's just suppress it and give you this um, seemingly normal cycle, but it's not because of ovulation cycle. Whereas where we, we say is that, well, you know what? Yes, we agree that there's an issue with ovulation, and that's why you're having this problem. Now, rather than suppress it, we want to get down to the root cause. Yeah. And therefore, by doing that, then we are able to correct the underlying issue. And then you will then have normal ovulation. And guess what? If you have normal ovulation, then your symptoms will disappear. Um, so, so this is where we say, okay, we want to restore normal ovulation. We do not want to suppress ovulation. Um, you know, likewise with infertility, for example, um, our approach as well is restorative. Be it um, be it like a um, tubal factor, be it um, ovulation factor, PCOS, endometriosis, for example, we we kind of agree. Yes, there's an issue there, but rather than suppress or rather than kind of bypass the abnormal function, we want to restore the normal function. So the, the philosophy I, I think with a lot of REs is that yeah, you know um, 
we don't really pay attention too much on what is wrong with you nowadays because modern technology has allowed us to bypass whatever is abnormal and then produce um, a baby for you right so that that i think that is that is for, for the general you know i think that is um what the 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 kind of the ivf approach is yeah whereas in our case then you know no 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 we want to know like you know why is it that 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 the couple cannot conceive we want to kind of work hard because we want to identify what is wrong right is and we see infertility more as a symptom rather than a diagnosis yeah and and i think that you know one thing that i find in i find it unacceptable is that if you google causes for infertility google will tell you and this is agreed upon with the infertility rei specialist um in general that one third of infertility is unknown yeah mm. and then if you tell someone that hey you know what one third of cough is unknown but i can just give you this medication to stop you from coughing i don't think anybody will accept that you know when you go sure. to see your doctor for coughing you want to know why is it you're coughing or you have a headache right you're not just going to be satisfied here you know for your headache just take time you know forever right um no no you want to know why you know i think a lot of our patients come to us with that question why is it that um me and husband, my husband cannot get pregnant they want to know yes they want to have a baby but they, i think more more so i believe they want to know why um because it's just instinct you want to know what is wrong with you yeah and that seeking to be healthy overall to have a healthy reproductive system to have healthy functioning ovulation that can only be good for women short term and long term so you're investing in your own health when you really prioritize that restorative approach as well and I think that that applies even to something like endometriosis. You were just talking about infertility. And so I know a lot of times that is one thing that is looked into to see, does a woman have endometriosis? And it could be for infertility. It could be for other reasons. And I know on this podcast, we've talked about it, endometriosis, several times. And our listeners know that the only way to diagnose endometriosis is through surgical confirmation. But there's been this continued buzz about the receptiva test that says that it can demonstrate the presence of endometriosis from just a uterine biopsy instead of an exploratory surgery. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. How does this test even work? So the receptiva tests require an endometrial sampling. So you need to go to your doctor's office. They will need to do like an endometrial biopsy, boost, um push the biopsy um, cannula through the cervix and then extract the endometrium. And then they will then send it to the lab or to receptiva lab for them to see if there's an expression of BCL6. Yeah. And that's what they're looking for. Yeah. And if you meet a certain threshold that you are positive and then if you're positive, then there is an association with inflammation. And then, and then therefore, because you have inflammation, it may mean that you have endometriosis is more a marker of inflammation rather than a marker for endometriosis in my opinion and you know when we are looking at inflammation you know endometriosis is one cause of many um, causes of inflammation and also you know i think that receptiva tests have its own role i i don't necessarily um 
um do it or or that's not my preference um i think it's also because um i do believe that when we're finding the root cause of someone with infertility yeah broadly speaking there is a medical cause and there is a surgical cause that's in my opinion yeah to put things very simply um and and in, in some sense you know um medicine is not going to correct something that is surgical surgery is not going to correct something that's medical yeah we don't you're not doing surgery to correct a thyroid unless you, yeah, you're doing thyroid surgery but you know you know what i mean um likewise you know medicine doesn't necessarily treat the the issue um and yeah you can give suppression before your cycle for example before your, your egg retrieval cycle or your embryo transfer because we suspect endometriosis. But I, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that, well, that sounds okay, but then you kind of need to stimulate me at some point anyway because I need to have a lining for my baby to implant, right? So, so you know, you can kind of like down-regulate and suppress the, the endometriosis, but at some point you need to be stimulated. Um, yeah. And the other thing also is that because we have this, in, in my mind, you, know, you have these two broad categories for infertility, Therefore, you know, the same way you have a medical workup to look as to what is the cause of the infertility symptoms, you can also do the same thing for surgery as well. Yep. So like surgically okay. evaluate a woman's uh, reproductive function. Yep. And I think that, you know, I'm surprised in a sense that um, people are now not doing more and more surgery. Surgery is now a lot more safe than, say, compared to 20 years ago. You have very good optics, 4K cameras in the in the laparoscopic surgery that you able you able to see at very high resolution. As I, you know, when 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 I'm doing cystoscopy, I'm able, I'm able to see the red blood cells. That is how good the magnification and the resolution. Wow. But yet, you know, for infertility workup, um, as 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 a specialty, we are moving away from surgical workup. I think it's it's not good for the patient. Because if you have things like endometriosis, for example, and you, you ignore that, and then this patient go through egg retrieval cycle, then if you believe endometriosis can be suppressed, you have to believe the endometriosis can be stimulated. Yep. And if endometriosis is a cause of the patient fertility issues, then you also have to acknowledge that at the end of that egg retrieval cycle, that patient with endometriosis is going to be less fertile than when she first started. Yeah, mm. surgery is very safe. You have very good resolution. Why? Why are we not doing more surgery to diagnose um, someone with surgical causes of infertility? And I, I think for a lot of women, surgery feels like this big commitment, this big step. But it sounds like what you're saying is. Yes, it is a surgery, but compared to where we've come from, this is the absolute best time in history to be having surgeries, and it's worth it because there's so much beneficial information that you can gain from it. Even if you were to go in and not find endometriosis, it could still be a beneficial surgery for other reasons as well. I would imagine the same thing if you have the receptiva test and it comes back positive, like you mentioned earlier, 
you know that you do have inflammation. So those results are accurate, that there is this specific marker, but whether or not that specifically indicates endometriosis is maybe questionable. Yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah, because, you know, I think that um, I believe is is like in 1.5% patients with um, positive BCL6, they don't have endometriosis, right? And I think that is... Um, is I don't like to generalize things because we have positive PCL6 and therefore we have endometriosis and therefore you know you don't look at other other things hormonal immunological um, anatomical infection that could be causing your lining to be inflamed and what it does what it tell you okay so there is an association with endometriosis but it's not it doesn't mean that endometriosis is the only cause of a woman's infertility if they have PCL6 positive. Yeah, so I think that's the other thing as well to kind of think about because, you know, with, with fertility, kind of find the root cause, we want to make sure all the systems are checked out and all the systems are working. That is very well said. That is such a good point. And so for your patients, if you had someone coming to you, maybe on either side, maybe from the gynecology side or the, they suspect endometriosis side, the surgical side, what would you recommend as their general approach as they get started? So it's a workup. So we need to be thoughtfully think, you know, the patient's symptoms, um, to kind of identify what what are the symptoms the patient have. Yes, we have infertility as a symptom, but what else? Yep. We look at the chart, you know, there's something that's very important in our practice as well. What is the cycle pattern? What is the bleeding pattern? What is the the mucus pattern? And so forth, right? And that's excellent. We talk all the time about how our charting is like gold to the right medical professional. So I love to hear you talk about all the things that you look at. That's great. Yeah, because, you know, we do a lot of telemedicine. How can you examine the patient with telemedicine? We always kind of go back. Well, you know, actually, we look at the chart and we examine them for the entire month. That's right. Because we take a look at their their, their, their cycle. Um, so, you know, from, from there, we're able to kind of see, okay, no diminished mucus. Okay, you have other symptoms that is pointing toward insulin resistance. Yeah, so we look for that. Yeah, we have mucus all the time and we have other symptoms that that point towards hyperandrogen and that's why we have mucus all the time. So the chart is something that is very important um, in our practice. Say, for example, you know, regardless patient have thyroid symptoms, we will order a thyroid function test because we recognize that that could affect infertility. Yeah. Now, um, it, it, we take the same approach as well with regards to the surgery. You know, I think is is when a patient come to us for restorative reproductive surgery, we're not just going in and remove the endo and come out. Yeah, we're not just going in to remove the fibroid and done. You know, or the cyst and done. We do like a workup. Yeah, from the vagina all the way up. You know, we we check we check the cervix, we check the, the mucus crypts to see if there's any scar tissue. We check to look at the lining, you know, to see if there's any micro polyps or strawberry linings um, that is suspicious for inflammation. We sample the lining. We send it to the microbiology to see if there is any bug that has grown. Or, you know, we send it to pathology for them to look at microscopic signs of endometritis, not endometriosis. So there's inflammation of the lining. We check the tubes. We can do selective chromotubation where we check the tube individually 
usually the right side first and then the left side and then we can push on the guide wire if we feel there's resistance and after that then we go in laparoscopically we look at the adhesions we take the adhesions down we look at the endometriosis we remove the endometriosis so it's a very systematic approach it's not we, we're not just going in looking for endo oh no endo and then that no it's the same approach you do like like a medical um hormonal panel um, to work someone up medically, in a sense, we do like a surgical panel to evaluate where is the breakdown. What an incredible amount of information to gain from that surgery. And you can't get any of that from a uterine biopsy. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. if you got a biopsy at the specific point where there was something, you could get one of those results, but everything else you'd miss out on. So that is extremely helpful in understanding both the approach and why the surgery may be beneficial to different women. So of course, there are women out there researching things like endometriosis and also restorative approach to reproductive health. And they have a lot of questions. They have concerns, understandably. So if they'd like to learn more about your approach and your specific recommendations, what would you recommend as the best ways for them to get involved and learn more? Yeah, so you can visit our website. There's some information on our website about kind of like our approach, about our philosophy. We also have um, every two weeks, we have a lunch and learn um, that's usually on Monday, one one thirty to two thirty Eastern. That um anybody anywhere in the world can kind of join in. That you just need to go to the website and sign up, and you can post your questions. Um, and I will answer them basically. And and also um, we also have free records review. So for anybody who want me to take a look at their records more into details and give like a um more kind of like personalized answer and recommendations. Yeah, you know, I do invite you to do that, to take advantage of that. That's an incredible option to be able to have you look at all of their records and give that individualized recommendation before they get started is phenomenal. So if, if anyone's out there listening and interested in that, I will make sure to have links to both of those things in the show notes so that you can have easy access to that. Well, Dr. K, I know you're very busy between your two practices and a busy family. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on and share with our listeners today. My pleasure, Kitty. Thank you so much for having me. So if you'd like to schedule a consultation or appointment with Dr. K or his staff, you can find links in the show notes, as I mentioned, to both of his practices. And for the gynecological practice, he is seeing patients in Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Virginia, and California as of this recording day. It could expand. So, And if you're listening and wondering how you can learn more about a restorative approach to women's health overall, I encourage you to listen to some of our earlier episodes on NAPROTECH technology and how the Creighton method can help you understand and advocate for your health as you get to that root cause of health issues that Dr. K was talking about. So you can be sure to find those episodes also in our show notes. We're so glad you chose to listen to us today and we hope you'll share this episode with others who you think may find it helpful. As always, thanks for listening as we continue to explore together what it means to be woven well. 